Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Hope you're all doing good. All right. Well, um, you know, for me, I, I, I probably got, you know, I can think of my top 10 things that I'm thankful for as I look back in my life. And, and I would say definitely in the top 10 would be the friendships that I've had, going all the, back, all the way back to when I was a kid. I mean, I'd still, you know, I'm still connect with some of those friends, and I'm so grateful for them, and all the way, you know, to high school and college, and, and then in, in my adult life. And, 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 and I, I'd say, and I think those of you who might know me uh, pretty well, would say I'm kind of a relational guy. I, 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 I enjoy being around people, and, and I mean, to this day, I, honestly, I cannot imagine life without good friends, you know, as, as part of my life. And I've, I've told so many people that one of, the, one of the advantages, I mean, it's a big one, of being part of the same church family for the, you know, 30 plus years now is how deep your friendship can go with people. I, honestly, I, I, can't Im- I cannot imagine having had a situation where I'd be at a church for three years and then maybe five years and, you know, and just, you know, moving around and, and doing that. I, you know, it, it, it is so good to be able to go through seasons of life with people. I don't know if you know what I mean, but just, you know, being able to have enough years that you just, you travel through enough experiences with, with other people that, that are similar. It's just, a, you, you can hardly trade it. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things that I want to example of this is, is I've done weddings for several of you in this church that I did years ago, and now you've got kids that are actually, some, some have, actually have kids in college. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe someday I'll be able to do a wedding for, you know, your own kid. I did your wedding, and, and in fact, w- w- one of your kids came and talked to me this week and told me they were planning on getting married. That they haven't told you yet, but, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, but... But, you know, it's true that, that friendships are really, uh, they, they form in the, in the normal course of life. And, I mean, many friendships just happen, right? They, they didn't expect it. You meet somebody and you just connect with that person. And before you know, you've got this friendship that's forming. So very often, there's a, there's a random and unstructured nature to our friendships. And, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that's cool. It's a great deal. I love it when it happens. And that's a friend of mine right there, by the way. But anyway, but, 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 I'm, but I, I'm convinced that it's not enough for our friendships to develop this way. We shouldn't just depend on that. Now, I'd like all of us this morning to share the conviction that there's, there's a real need, a real need to bring a, a, la- a layer of intentionality into building friendship, uh, relationships with fellow believers in this church body. See, I, I'm, I'm convinced that God's designed us to be in relationship, and it's through our relationship with other believers that we're best positioned to grow spiritually. Uh, years ago, way back in the, uh, boy, I think it was maybe in the 70s even, I heard a statement made by uh, a Christian leader by the name of Howard Hendricks who said you can... You can impress people from a distance, but you impact them up close. And boy, that is so true. It's so true. It's so true. I've seen that in my own life over and and over again. So what I'm going to do this morning is give to you three reasons why I believe this is true. Three reasons why I believe that, that we should all be 
in a, in a life group. And the first one is to reach your fullest potential. The second one is to have a safe place to, uh, to be real. And the third one is to receive the support you need as you go through the hard times that come sometimes with life, right? Now, by the way, okay, I'm guessing that I have at least uh, three different groups of people uh, out here, th those of you this morning who've heard what I've just said, okay? And uh, some of you today, uh, you came here today on purpose because you know we're going to be doing this connection event out, out in the courtyard at the end of this service, and it's going to give you an opportunity to be in a life group, and you, man, you came here ready to do that today. And others of you came here uh, not knowing that we're going to do this, but you're really glad to hear that we are because, man, you've been thinking about getting into a live group. And then there's, there's another group of you who, man, you've been with me on this for a long time. You're, you're convinced. So you're sitting out there saying to yourself, well, Steve, I, I don't need to be convinced of this. All right, I'm with you. So uh, you might be thinking, well, maybe I'll, you know, do some work on my phone or something. I'm, I, I just say, just stay with me on this because here, here's the deal, everybody. What I'm going to say this morning, you can use in your conversations with other people. You can kind of be a team player with me on this thing and help, help me talk other people to get into a life group. And so you can give these reasons when, when you talk to, to somebody else about a life group. I think the other thing about it is if you're part of a life group, it helps you. It's kind of a reminder on what's most important to stay focused on as, as, as a life group. And I think there's a third group of you here today. You've gone to Brickside for a while, and a long time ago, you made a decision that you didn't want to be in a life group. It, was, it wasn't the thing for you, and so you're, you might just be saying to yourself right now, oh boy, here goes Steve again. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be just, she's going to be pressing us on this life group thing, and, and so what, what I'd ask for you is just be patient with me, hear me out on this, uh, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to totally agree with what I have to say about relationships, and, and honestly, I think you'll enjoy uh, listening to what I've got to say, and, and who knows, I mean, maybe this time I'll talk you into it, all right, just kidding, all right, so here, I, I couldn't resist saying that, all right, so here, here's the first reason, all right, to reach your fullest potential. And then what I mean by that, your fullest potential and what God calls you to be and what God would want to do through your life into the lives of other people, the lives of other people. I, I'm, uh, you know, I have, I, I prepare sermons, but I also, and, I, and when I do that, I study the Bible, but I also have my own personal time in God's word every morning before I come to work. And uh, right now I'm doing a read through the Old Testament and I came across this great story about Jonathan in the 14th chapter of 1 Samuel. It's one that I, I remember hearing as a kid. I loved it as a kid, and I still love it today. And, and, and here's, here's what was going on. Saul was king and commander of the Israeli army. Jonathan was his son, all right? And at this point in time, their, their number one enemy, the Philistines, were still dominant over over, over the Israelites, and, and, and now, two reasons. Not only did the number of their soldiers outnumber the Israelis two to one, but it was also true that Saul, the king of Israel, and Jonathan were the only two who had a sword or a spear. Nobody else in the Israeli army had, had a weapon like that. So I think you can understand why things were the way they were. So we read this. 
in chapter 13 of 1 Samuel, verse 6 and 7. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was dire and that their army was outnumbered, they hid in caves among the rocks and pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. In other words, they were saying, man, we're out of town. We're out of here. They're running. And then we read this, all the troops were quaking with fear. Fear. That's a very bad scene. <laughs> they're outnumbered. They're, they're, they're outweaponed. And they're hiding in caves. And they're running in fear. And then we read this in verse 23. Love this. It says, now, a detachment of Philistines had gone out to a mountain pass at Michmash. Now, take note of that, all right? Because Jonathan hears about this detachment of soldiers setting up camp in this mountain pass. And, and, and Jonathan's tired of hiding. He's, he's tired of everybody running. So he decides to do something about this bad situation that they find themselves in. And so that night he wakes up his armor bearer, and this is what he said to him. He said, come, let's go over to the camp of these godless Philistines. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. I mean, in other words, let's go pick a fight, and, and maybe God will show up. I mean, how's that for a military strategy, right? You know, you, you know uh, 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 let's go stir it up, and maybe God will show up. That's what he's saying. Imagine you're the armor bearer. And Jonathan wakes you up from a deep sleep and tells you that you're going to sneak up on a bunch of Philistine warriors, and the best that he can promise you is maybe God will help. Maybe by some unbelievable, unbe unexplainable, supernatural act of God, we won't die. You with me? <laughs> I mean, just think of that, you know. I love this guy's response. This is, this is what he said. Do all you have in mind Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. I love that. I'm with you, heart and soul. I mean, hang on to that statement because we're going to come back to it, all right? So, so Jonathan and his armor bearer make their way up this mountain pass. Now, remember, Jonathan's the only one with any weapon. That armor bearer, I don't know what he had. Maybe, maybe it was a solid piece of wood, but whatever it was, it worked. Because together, these two men killed over 20 Philistines. They created panic among the whole army of the Philistines. They, they put them on the run, and they turned the whole war in Israel's favor. And so I'd say, I'd say God showed up, wouldn't you? God showed up big time. Two men. Two men devoted to each other, heart and soul. Heart and soul. And with God's power working through them, accomplished what no one would have thought possible, maybe even themselves. Now, I think we saw something like this over and over again in the Olympics. You know, the emotional and motivating, inspiring power of a team devoted to each other, heart and soul, and focused on the same goal, to win, to win that gold medal. See, I, I believe there's real application here for the impact 
a small group of people can have on each other so that every person is able to become more of what God wants them to be than if they journeyed alone in their walk with God. And say, that's, uh, that's what the writer of Hebrews had in mind when he, when he said this. He, he wrote this in the 10th chapter. He said, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Okay? I think we'd, uh, we'd all agree that we have certain habits in life, right? Some good and some others, and others not so good. The writer that wrote this in, in the book of Hebrews concerned because some of these believers had developed the habit of, of, of not meeting with others who shared their faith in Christ. Not, not a good habit for any follower of Christ to get into. And here he's pointing them back to a good habit, the habit of meeting together. And he does this for a reason. It's, it's for them to intentionally build into their relationship with each other, to, to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And you know what? I can tell you, everybody, in my 36 years of ministry, in fact, I'd say going all the way back to my days in college when I was in a, in a group called InterVarsity, I've seen this happen over and over. The powerful impact of a small group of people on, on, the, on the spiritual life of everybody involved. I mean, it just makes all the difference in our walk with God. And so with total confidence, I mean, I'm 100% confident of this, I put this before you as the first reason to become involved in a life group. It'll help you reach, it'll help you reach your fullest potential. Second reason we should be in a life group, it, it's to have a safe place to be real. To be real. Some of you know, and I've, I've talked about this, that I have this uh, uh, lifelong goal of memorizing the book of Romans, and I've Started doing it quite a few years back, and I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a few more years doing it. And one of the things I'm, I'm so thankful is for the conversation that I had with our son Greg last year. And, 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 I, and, I, and I said to him, you know, Greg, I'm just stuck in the 13th chapter. I can't seem to get any further. And, and, and Greg said, oh, come on, Dad, you can do it. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll memorize chapter 8 if you memorize chapter 14, and that was this month, last year, the month of August, that we both did that. But I got to tell you, right? I'm leaving the seventh chapter until last because it's the one chapter that I, I don't need to memorize because I don't have any trouble living that seventh chapter. I, I don't know if you're familiar with what that chapter is all about. I think you understand why in this chapter... Paul makes a very open and honest confession about his own spiritual struggles. It's a great chapter to read because, I mean, this spiritual giant tells it like it is in his own, his own life. He, he corrects any idea that you and I might have that he did no wrong. And one of his statements sums up so well what he said about himself. He said, I do not understand what I do. 
And, uh, or another way of saying it is that, boy, it doesn't make any sense to me. For what I want to do, I do not do. And the things, what, what I hate, I do. I mean, can anybody else relate to that? I mean, sometimes I think that could be a life verse, right? I mean, you know, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, what I hate, I do. Writing what he did, Paul acknowledges about himself what we know is true for all of us. That there's often a gap in our lives between what we want to be and, and what we are. And, and, and writing this for us, Paul models for us what's so important. He, he doesn't do image management. He, he doesn't pretend that he's something that he isn't. He's honest about the gaps in his life. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that you and I should go around telling every person we meet every struggle and weakness in our life. I mean, that'd be kind of weird, right? I mean, you're walking up the steps here on a Sunday morning and Somebody you've never met, you know, before comes up to you and says, let me tell you about my, my, my deepest struggle. My, you know, I mean, you go like, Whoa. no, 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 you know, that, I don't know you. That, 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 so I'm, I'm not talking about that, all right? But, but you know what? You and I need to be known by a small group of believers who, who know our struggles and, and totally accept us the way we are, but, but also love us too much to, to leave us with, without, you know, without the help to change what we know we need to change in our lives. We need to be known by a group of people who have the opportunity to know us exactly as we are, and, but who are, you know, we're willing to allow God to use in our life to help us become everything God created and redeemed us to be. See, I'm, I'm not content for us to just simply be sitting in a row here every Sunday morning. I want us to sit in circles where we're sharing the real stuff of life and, and we're there for each other. There's a third reason we should be in a life group and it's to receive the support we need in the hard times. The, 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 the support we need to stand and not fall, or if we do fall, the support we need from others to, to help us get up again and, and to, keep on, to keep on going. Here, here's something Jesus said to his disciples that speaks to this reality in our life. He said, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, and woe to anyone to whom they come. Isn't that a cheerful thought? <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's a reality of life. It's, it's inevitable. Jesus was saying to his disciples, I, I just want to give you a heads up. This is, this is what's going to happen in your life. The, this kind of stuff is going to come. And the fact that this verse in the Greek literally states it this way, because the Greeks would put the most important word in front of the statement. It's, it's kind of like Jesus said it the way Yoda talked in Star Wars, okay? This is literally in the Greek is what he said. Impossible it is for stumbling blocks not to come, okay? Now, sometimes it's inflicted by our own bad choices. Sometimes it's from the bad choices of someone else. But sometimes... Sometimes it's a rogue wave that blindsides you that you never saw coming. 
And when that happens, and it's impossible for it not to happen. I mean, Jesus said it's going to happen. And if you stumble, the question I have for you is, do you have a troop of solid Christian friends who will be there to love you and pray for you and help you get back up? Do you have those friends? Now, I asked two very, very close friends, uh, both Becky and myself, Bill and Mary Bahard, to help me emphasize the importance of this third reason to be in a life group. And I've, boy, Becky and I have known Bill and Mary about as long as we've known anybody at Brookside. They started attending way back in the 80s. In fact, Bill was our, our uh, uh, second church chairman, served for nine years, and Mary served in lots of different ways. And and uh, they're two of the people that I called the, the Saturday morning. We received the news that our son Greg had died. I mean, that's how close friends we are. So Bill and Mary uh, had an experience last year, though, that I'd like them to share with you. And it happened actually just a week, August 14th. Uh, what was a beautiful, sunny Sunday afternoon. So you want to share that with everybody? Well, we like to uh, ride uh, motorcycles. I had... Uh had, I'll use that past tense, had a Harley Electroglide, um, which is their biggest bike, weighs about 750 pounds. <laughs> we were riding between uh, Blair and Missouri Valley. Uh, it was a nice afternoon, fair amount of traffic, but uh, you know we were cruising along at 55 mile an hour and everything was okay. About six miles west of Blair, there's a paved road that goes north of, of uh, Highway 30. There's a T intersection there and it goes to Modell, Iowa. I saw this car coming from the north uh, toward Highway 30. Um, I thought, okay, I hope he stops. <laughs> he stopped, and I thought, good, you know, I'm okay. There's cars coming toward us on our on his on our left side, going west, and we're going east. And I get just about to the intersection, and he darts across right in front of me. And uh, he apparently he had seen an opening of traffic coming from the east. Thought I could make it. Didn't think to look toward the other direction. I had about two seconds to respond. Um, I told Steve, two seconds in a game of basketball is a long time, but uh, two yeah. seconds uh, on the highway uh, with a car sitting crossways in front of you when you're going 55 mile an hour is a pretty short time. I hit the brakes immediately. Our skid marks were only five uh, feet long. That's how much reaction time I had. I hit him broadside uh, right behind the passenger door. Um, Mary was on behind. She was thrown off the bike. Um, I ended up in the ditch, and the last thing I remember was the sound of the collision, and that's all I remembered. Yeah. Wow. So, you got to take over here, right, I Mary? I take over because yeah. Bill doesn't remember the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was oblivious to any impending danger. I was just enjoying the ride. The first thing I remember was... Um, the sound of the brakes squealing, and then, of course, the thud as we hit the car. At that point, I was thrown, and I remember thinking, well, I'll just wait and see how this turns yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, I love that, you know? Gee. Yeah, it was just one of those random thoughts, like, yeah. oh, we'll just see what happens. And uh, as, uh, after I landed, got a few seconds to put myself together, got up, huh. and um, thought, wow, I'm alive. Yeah. I totally was in shock over that because yeah. I wasn't really sure. And I'm not in heaven. I'm not in yeah. heaven. I'm still yeah, here. Yeah, still here. Yeah. And I, as I looked at Bill, um, I wasn't so sure about him. He was unconscious and yeah. bleeding and um, pale, and I didn't know if he would live or die. And uh, then at that point, we had lots of angels sent by God, I think, yeah. that came and ministered to us in 
various ways, nurses, doctors, just people. And that just in, were there. I mean, that just were just there. Amazing when you think yeah. about that. Everybody wanting to help. It was just amazing. I just know that they were sent by God. It was, it was just kind of a neat thing. But yeah. in that line of cars of people that were stuck on the road, unbeknownst to us, was a couple from our Sunday night Bible study group. I love that. Yeah, and they had no idea who it was, and they and their two young sons prayed for us, yeah. not knowing. And uh, it was a really sweet story to hear after the fact. I'm convinced God just, yeah. that, that was a God deal. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And yeah. we had done the right things. We wore the, the yeah. helmets. Helmet. We wore the gloves, the boots, the everything. But it was just one of those things that, you yeah. know, you're taken by surprise. And there it, it is. can happen. Yeah, there yep. it is. Is right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. So I get a... Not a free ride. I get a ride on a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, it to... wasn't free, was it? <laughs> I think it was $25,000 ride yeah. when it turned out Whoa. Uh, to the med center. Yeah. You could have done it a lot cheaper, Bill. If I'd have been conscious, I'd have gone to Blair with Mary and the, uh, that, those uh, rescue units that ride like lumber yeah. wagons, yeah. which she told me about later, yeah, which she had a much yeah. rougher ride than I did. Uh, so I, I, they took me to, to the med center. Uh, I was in the emergency room, uh, finally came around, and... Uh, stayed there at the hospital through the night. Uh, and I remember uh, I didn't sleep one wink that night. Uh, I was in pain, obviously, hmm. uh, just muscles, but also uh, some broken bones and a yeah. bad cut on my leg. And as I thought through the night, I thought, wow, you know, God really protected us. Um, we could have, uh, hitting those brakes as hard as I did, we could have gone down and slid under the car, or we could have slid into the oncoming traffic. Um, however, we didn't go down at that point. The, car, the bike hit the car and then went, and went into the ditch. Um, and, um, and that was really you turning, I mean. Well, I made a last second turn, yeah. uh, just pure reaction. I turned the, bar, the handlebars to the right, which prevented us from hitting a, um, a straight T-bone um, yeah. hit. So it was a little bit of a glancing, which saved her, too, because it threw her into the ditch versus yeah. straight over onto the highway. And uh, then I think about on the other side of the road, right where we went in, just a little bit behind us, there was a portable generator, big caterpillar portable generator sitting there. There was a pole there. Uh, if, it'd been, if we'd been 20 or 30 feet further west, we'd have hit those. And, you know, there were just so many times where I think, you know, God really did protect us. Huh. And I think about in Psalms, he says, our days are numbered, and his, our day was not that day. So yeah. we're just thankful, and we're thankful for all the cards and the emails and the prayers we got. It just yeah. was incredible support. Amazing. Yeah. You just, and, and, and without question, everybody, I mean, they're here today because of God's protection and total credit to God on that. But I would also say, well, let me ask you the question. Let me ask you the question. Uh, how, how many years... Bill, did you ride motorcycle? Together, we rode about 16, 16 years. 16 years. Did you ever have an accident? Never even went down on the bike on our own. So yeah. never had uh, never. any kind of an accident. So let me ask, So when you got, came out of that deal and when you finally woke up and you could talk and all this kind of stuff and got together again, and did, did you say to each other, well, boy, I guess we didn't need our helmet. No, we did not. No, <laughs> you needed the helmet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Along with God, you needed the helmet and everything else. But you, so why, why I'm up here with them this morning, they're up here with me, is to emphasize, I see, I see small groups like a helmet in our life, okay? And uh, we can journey through life. I mean, we could go through years and years of our life and never have a hit. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, comes this rogue wave that hits us. 
and all the difference that a small group can make, okay? Thanks, Bill, Mary, thanks a ton. Okay, yep. Okay. So, you know, I, I just want to say this again, you know? You, you and I can go through a thousand rides in our life without getting hit, and then, boom, right? It could be a family crisis, it could be an accident, it could be an affair, it could be a job loss, it could be an out-of-the-blue, never-saw-it-coming illness. Just like Jesus said, it's inevitable, it happens all the time. And when that wave happens, here's my question for you this morning. Will you be covered by the care of a small group of Christian people who will be with you heart and soul, or will you have to face that hit alone, okay? So this morning, we're going we're to give you the opportunity to take this step of, of becoming part of a, of a life group. And so first of all, I'd like, to, I'd like to invite our life group leaders up front to join me, if you would. Great. And, uh, and uh, if, so here, here's the deal now, everybody. I gave you three reasons, all right? Number one, to reach your fullest potential of all that God wants you to be. The second one is to have a safe place to be real. And the third one is to receive the support that you need for hard times in your life. Now, these are not all of our life group leaders, but these are our life group leaders right now who are either starting a brand new group or they're wanting to add, you know, uh, some people to their group. Well, uh, one of these couples, the couple I invited to have a little conversation with me this morning. It's Joe and Leisha. And how about you can come right over here by, by me. And uh, I, I, I haven't known you two that long. And uh, they were in a, just our most recent membership class, began attending Brookside not too long ago. Um, and do you have two boys? Boy and a girl? A boy and a girl. Boy and a girl. Yeah, boy and a girl. Boy and, a girl. And, uh, and so when we, when we had conversation, because uh, my antenna is always up for life group leaders, and I saw, you know, interacted with them too in the membership class, and my, my antenna was going, woo, 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 you got a life group leader here, you know? And so I, I, I got together with them, and what I found out is that their life experience uh, like exactly matches what I'm talking about this morning. Uh, and, and how a small group made such a difference. A small group actually in Iowa, right, Joe? And so why don't you tell everybody how it was that, you know, you ended up, what hard, you know, your hard time in your life and how you ended up in a small group. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, a few years ago, made the decision to change jobs and move from Des Moines to a small town in eastern Iowa. And we figured out quickly, small town life just didn't fit our personality. And... <laughs> Uh, ended up leaving the small town to uh, go to Cedar Rapids. But the whole time through that, we had a house still in Des Moines that hadn't sold. So we had two mortgages for 18 months. Wow. And then when I had left the prior company, they canceled our insurance two weeks before Leisha was due to give birth to our daughter. And so, so we had... Suddenly you didn't have that. Wow. Yeah, Big bill. Monster hospital bill. Yeah. 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 On top of two mortgages and she wasn't working with the move and it was awful. Well, that took a huge toll on our stress, on our marriage, on our family, on life, on everything. And I wasn't a Christian at the time. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. And yeah. Leisha kind of pushed us into church and said, hey, you guys got to go. We got to go find a church and get connected. And we ended up going to Financial Peace. Yeah, you actually went to Financial Peace. Yeah. Interesting coincidence this morning. Yeah. 
And well, honestly, I didn't talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first day at Financial Peace after the class, we met another couple, and uh, they were involved in a small group, and uh, we asked if we could join them and check it out, see what it was all about. Yeah. So we talked about being able to be real with people in a safe place. So, Lisha, <laughs> how good was that? Yeah, you know, the women in, because uh, obviously I was obviously closer to the women, but yeah. we just became really, really good friends. Really? Really great friends. And it was a genuine friendship. Yeah. They genuinely cared, uh -huh. you know, what we were going through and the toll that it took on our family. Yeah. And same for the guys. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, and during that time, you know, when you go through a rough time, it, you feel like it defines you, and that's just you yeah. as a person. You're going through this, and that's you. But it's they like me, who you are. Right, yeah. right. And so they just made us realize, like, that's, that's not at all how it is. And, yes, you may be going through this season of growing. Huh. Um, and at that time, I did not think that I was going through growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. didn't feel that way. No, not at all. Yeah. And... Um, so they, they made me realize that this is a season of growth and it doesn't last forever. This is not your life. Um, and so they just really helped us move forward in our life and they really challenged us, um, you know, because we were, we were, I guess, baby Christians, as, yeah. as people would say. But um, so they really challenged us with, with new things and um, held us up, I, you know. Yeah. They really encouraged us. Yeah. and. Um, so it was just a really great and, opportunity. And, and then the thing, here's just like the best deal of all, okay? So Joe was not yet a believer, follower of Christ. Alicia was kind of there, but not really, kind of not a lot in it. Mm -hmm. And through that small group, uh, Joe made the decision to follow Christ. And both of them have, you I mean, I'm speaking for you here, but you told me yesterday, both grow, began to grow spiritually. And then the, the greatest, you, you mentioned, I don't know which one of you told me yesterday about your two kids. Tell everybody. Yeah. They, um, they believe in, in Christ. Christ, and too. They know yeah. what he did for sharing, us. Sharing mm -hmm. your same faith. And, yeah. just, and that just, I mean, all of that is really absolutely the best, you know. And now it's so cool. Uh, here they are, uh, moved here for a job, new, different job. And, and um, uh, I have, uh, are going to be life group leaders. So I just go, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, all right, great. Thanks so much. Yep. So I'm going to let all of our life group leaders go, which I forgot for service, and Brad's going to tell you how this all works. Okay, Brad? Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. So as Steve mentioned, uh, yeah, they're heading out to the courtyard right now, and we're giving you an opportunity. You've heard about this, but... We're giving you an opportunity right now to, as you're heading out this morning, to get into a group if you're not in a group. So I have all the details. Um, the main thing is pull out the brochure in your bulletin. There's like a life group that says your move, a little brochure thing. There, there's a good chance you've already looked that over, but I want you to pull that out and open it up. Um, those, that's a list of, of the groups available to, so to pop that? into yeah, this morning to connect with, with that leader. Um, maybe uh, circle one or two that are um, located in your location where you live here in Omaha. Um, or in Iowa or wherever, um, and, the, and that also fit your stage of life. I mean, keep that in mind. Um, look, at the, look at the little blurbs, the ages and stuff. The main thing you need to do is to pull out that card that's inside the brochure and to fill that out. Put your info on there, and you exchange that with the group leader or leaders 
that you meet out in the courtyard. Now here's a few other things to notice in the brochure. You'll notice um, kind of a color scheme. The married couples groups are blue, men's groups are black. You'll see that at the top of the page. Women's groups are red. And as well, there are numbers next to each group. Well, both of those, the, the same colors and the same numbers, kind of correspond out in the courtyard. So you go toward that color, you'll notice the numbers on the leader's um, name tags, but all those things kind of carry out out in the courtyard on banners, on name tags, on, on clipboards, that sort of thing. Finally, um, there are two umbrellas out there, green umbrellas, those are solution tables. If you get to a leader and um, maybe there's, it's just kind of overwhelming and there's too many people or you don't connect with the leader, go to one of those umbrellas, they will connect with you. We want to get you into a group this morning and they will make sure that happens there. Um, as well, the, all the hosts, blue shirt people out there that you'll see, they're there for you as well, so you can grab any of them and they'll help you out. Um, you will smell some kettle corn out there. That's yours for the taking um, as you leave, whether you're getting in groups or not, that's yours. It's really a fun environment out there. And one more thing too, children's programming still goes until 11.55. So we're letting you go 10 minutes early to go out there and connect and just have a good time. But know that children's programming still goes till 11.55. So hang out, mingle, head out there and uh, have a good time. So like we, the life group leaders are already out there. They are anxious to meet with you and we're excited for, for you to get into a group this morning. So thanks for coming this morning. We hope you have a great week. Go and enjoy getting into a life group out there in the courtyard. We'll see you.